This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Tonight on Homestale Radio. Ben Nagel and producer Mikey. But firstly... Your host for tonight, John Burgess. Well, that was quite the intro. Uh, Welcome along to uh, Homesdale Radio. I'm your host, John Burgess. I'm being joined today by Ben Nagel and Alex White. Good evening, chaps. Hello. Good evening. Uh, we did slightly slightly later than uh, than the eight o'clock schedule, but you know we blame we'll blame Mikey for that because always uh, blame Mikey. He's not allowed <laughs> to answer at this point. Um, well, we're going to have a quick look through today at the uh, well the the two games obviously we had in the last week, which was away up at Hillsborough and uh, at home to Bristol City. But first. Let me just say that you can email into the show radio at homesdale.net. You can call us on 0203 4755999. You can look us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash whole radio. And follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash whole radio. I say Alex is going to be in the contact hub all night tonight. Uh, he's going to be in there till midnight. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> and he's going to be taking your tweets. So just tweet us at whole radio. I think he's already put out a few talking points, uh, which is we're going to be looking at the par versus moxie debate. And also the possibilities coming at the end of the season about if we were in the playoffs, who might we face? So uh, do make sure you get your tweets into him. Uh, you can also listen on your mobile by using TuneIn Radio and searching for Homesdale Radio. If you go to wholeradio.net forward slash mobile, there's lots more information on how you can do that. Whew, that's that out of the way. We've had some, uh, we've had quite a week, haven't we, chaps? We certainly have, yeah. Can I just say as well, first, I like the idea of Alex being in a hub, like a little contact hub, like he's in a little room surrounded by screens. I like that- to think of him more as isolated. Yeah, like, away from us, like we've kicked him out into the hub and he's just reading through messages. So you guys are together then? Yeah, we're, we're like in, a, in the big studio with all the big microphones and we've like shut you in the broom cupboard with the, in the hub. Oh, that's how, 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 how I like to look at it. How did I pick up my voice then? 
Um, I haven't th- thought that much through my story yet, but we'll we'll, right, uh, we'll come back to that later. Come back. Well, to that's me, gone. Yeah. That's, gone, that's gone really well, chaps. <laughs> right. So uh, <laughs> yeah, do get your your views into Alex in, on Twitter, Facebook, and I think he's going to keep an eye on the, on the message boards as well. So uh, we're going to go straight into our first review, which was Bristol City. So lads, Bristol City. It was on the back of a really big victory up at um, uh, uh, up at. Well, against Middlesbrough, sorry, at Sellers Park. And you wondered whether, you know, it might be after the Lord Mayor's show a bit with it. But what did you think about, about it going into that game, uh, Ben? Well, the Bristol City game? Yeah, what was your sort of, what, your expectations for the game? Because I, I was, personally, I was a little bit nervous. I was thinking, yeah, and I know, was. After, after, after a really good performance, yeah. sometimes it's hard to back that up, particularly, you know, for, for a club like ours. I think I was... I was all right about it, to be honest, because we got that amazing stat how we haven't lost at home on a Tuesday night for like three years or something, which is just ridiculous. Um, yeah, Bristol City, they're not, they're not a great team. We have, we have a few problems against them every now and again, but I was confident that it was going to be a win. Obviously, it was a great performance against Middlesbrough, who are obviously in a bit of a rut. Again, lost, lost yesterday to Millwall, but yeah, I was, I was kind of confident about it, to be honest. I thought we'd play a lot better than we did, if I'm honest. It was almost like we scraped the scraped the win in the end it wasn't the well, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't scraped but it wasn't the performance that we had on Saturday against Middlesbrough so but yeah you know three points to three points and I was close to winning a bet on Palace 2-0 um, with Murray score first but it wasn't to be because of Johnny Parr oh well that's uh, that's unfortunate for you but <laughs> you, you are you are right though we, we should have done a lot better I think than we did against Bristol I mean looking at the possession stats for instance we had, we had 51% of possession so we, we didn't dominate, and that is something that we do try and do under Ian Holloway, is to really keep control of the ball and starve the opposition of it, particularly at home. I know we've got a lot on the counter, but yeah, I, I don't think we ever really got that game by the scruff of the neck and sort of said, yep, yeah, this is ours, we're at home, and um, you know, really showed the form book up. But uh, it was certainly a brilliant piece of thinking for the opening goal. Um, Alex, you, you saw the opening goal. Uh, Milay Yedinak firing a long, quickly taken free kick, and then first time Glenn Murray. It was a it was a real poacher's finish, wasn't it? Squeezing in between those two defenders, and it's, that's been him all season, isn't it? Just getting on the end of everything, and he got onto the end of that, and it was a great finish. But for me, that what that showed was a real understanding between the side, you know, in in amongst the side. For you know, for Murray to read what Jednak was going to do at that point, or vice versa, for for Jednak to read Murray's run, mm. you know, it takes a real understanding, and that's really promising for us. For the, you know, and proves to me a lot of what I've been thinking over the past couple of months that you know it, the understanding is there. It's just a case of just getting those performances out on the pitch. Well, they've got really, we've got really tight knit players, and we? we've got really good bonds, and, and and they know each other well, and that that shows on the pitch through little things like that. Absolutely. So then, obviously, second goal. Well, that was on. When did they score that? That was thirty-four minutes, and then thirty minutes later in the second half, sixty-four minutes. Uh, Stephen Dobby, wonderful free kick. Um, who, who's Andre Moritz? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I think we, we know that Dobby can take a free kick. He takes a lot in training, as we've heard. But um, yeah, I didn't like the fact that Delaney was standing over it. I think he mentioned on Twitter about how he wanted it, but he, uh, uh, Dobby just didn't even like grace him with a response, just shook his head as I'd say, no, this is mine. But, yeah, what was that free Delaney? Kick? Yeah, Delaney was standing over it, ran over the ball. I didn't even notice that, right? Yeah. Because 
<laughs> what? But what? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll really. give it. We'll give it to our centre back. Yeah, he's, <laughs> David, he's the new David Luiz. A left-footed centre back from that position as well, though, is completely the wrong side, and <laughs> he's a centre half. Yeah, both goals though. Back, if, like, back your goal, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both goals, fantastic. Obviously, I, I was just go back to the, the first goal really quickly. You cannot take anything away from that. It was unbelievable. Like for Murray to watch the ball every inch of the way along and to catch it in the perfect place, unbelievable. And yeah. the ball from Jenak, yeah, fantastic. But the second goal wasn't quite as good. But obviously, that says a lot about the first goal, really. But yeah, amazing free. In, but in those two goals, three incredible pieces of technique. Yeah, definitely. Really, I mean, and that's what we've got. I mean, but the problem is, as we'll come to later, is that you've really got to put that in week in, week out, and uh, obviously that didn't happen against Sheffield. But I say we'll come to that very shortly. Um, and then we're all thinking, you know, this is going to be easy. Then ninety-three minutes in, what a cock up that was, Johnny Park. Well, what what a finish over Julian Speroni. It was the only way that Bristol City were going to score all day. That's for sure. They didn't trouble us that much. But, um, yeah, incredible header over Julian Speroni into his own net from Johnny Parr. And uh, I thought thought Damien Delaney was going to rip his head off. He got him some kind of headlock afterwards. (laughs) Absolutely bizarre. But, you know what, I'm I'm happy to give that one to to Parr. It was a stage in the game where he wasn't going to cause us any trouble because it was that's pretty much the last thing that happened to be honest but um certainly it, uh, it highlights again the communication problems between Speroni and the back four which has seemed to have been there for what two or three years now and we just we've never really bottomed this out yeah I think you look at that own goal it was par deciding okay I'll go back to Speroni and then realise actually I've got a bit too much connection on that so I'll try and get it out for a corner and it sort of just got mixed in the middle and he tried to pull away from it and it, it sliced off his head but it was very unlucky but unfortunately that's the way it is isn't it I think it's a bit It's a bit like Speroni's come out a little bit but he hasn't come out enough and Par's put too much in there, it's just a, a comedy of errors really, Speroni should have called for it Par should should have given him more notice about what he was going to do. It's, yeah, it's just a massive mix-up. And I think it really it takes something away from the result because 2-0, you know, it was easy. We, we'd hit the bar a couple of times. It was all good. And then 2-1, people look at that score and think, oh, that was a tight game. Maybe Bristol City nearly got a point out of it when they really didn't. Like, it was it was three points all day, I thought. But, yeah, it takes something away from the result, that 2-1 scoreline. It, it's unlucky. It did. I mean- the only thing I would say about it that I can really fault Jonathan Parr on with that is if you are going to head it, right, and you're not sure what's going on, you've got to head it wide of the goal. Yeah, definitely. Right? That way, the worst is going to happen is going to be a corner. Right? But to sort of, when you're not sure, to try and then head it back to a keeper you're hoping is there is, um, is particularly and bizarre. Absolutely no danger from any Bristol City players around either. It's there could have been 10 of them standing around him, right, and there still would have been no danger because they yeah. could <laughs> but um, but so yeah, just just head it wide. But as I say, you did take the shine off it a little bit. But at the same same time, we did still get three points. But you did mention there was we had two, I think two attempts which hit the bar. One was Kevin Phillips, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. He had a lovely strike. But the other one, what an effort from Yannick Balassi. Yeah, I've, I've still got the gif on my uh, on my iPhone at the moment. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, he sort of runs it. The ball comes into the box, he has a shot, loops up in the I think it's KG heads it to him, and he sort of just tees himself up, overhead volley. 
It was so yep. simple, though, wasn't it? It just, oh, it just in such instinctively just got over that quickly, and just it just sort of went went before my eyes. I didn't quite understand what had just happened. That you know, you're sitting there, and it's just done that. It's unbelievable. That was, well, it, it did it against Charlton as well, didn't it? Yeah, didn't it? it had goal of season potential. And the thing that really did it for me with that, and I was trying, I was willing that to go in, was because he'd just been given so much stick by the Bristol City fans. Yeah, yeah. Two minutes before that, booing the hell out of him, right? Uh, okay, I understand sometimes when teams don't like a player leaving, but you know what? He wasn't getting his opportunities there, and he clearly has a lot of talent. Right? If you're not getting your opportunities and you're not really rated or wanted, then you know what? What do you expect? Players going to leave? So um, I, th- I thought that was a bit of bad form, really. I don't think he really left under a cloud, you know, from them or anything. I think they were quite. I not, think it's unbelievable, dead. unbelievable from them to let him go in the way that they did for for pretty much no money when the he's obviously got a hell of a lot of talent I don't understand he, how he got their young player of the year him. last season didn't yeah and then yeah. they've let him go for next to nothing it's ridiculous but look at last season he only made about seven starts last season yeah he wasn't playing it. was he and he handed in a transfer request because he was unsettled and wasn't playing enough games so he was getting booed before he left wasn't he yeah, but you know he's come to a club which has really taken him under his wing, and I think you know what when he got booed and the Palace fans started singing and chanting his name, right? He knew he'd found a home here at Palace. Yeah, definitely. Right, I think that was, and then his the confidence that started coming out of him was incredible. And once he's got his, you know, got his tail up, you know, that's when he plays his best football. So I, I really think that you know um, that we. We saw some some of what Yannick Bellassi can do, but just a shame that didn't go in because that yeah, would have been the right sucker punch to them. Yeah, moves. next season as well with No Wolf, I think it's probably Bellassi's season really. Him and Johnny Williams is their time to shine and and show us what they can do. With well, Wolf. interesting you say that because one player who I was really look, watching in that game was Albert Adoma, right. and because uh, you know a lot of people, myself included, still think that he could be a potential wing replacement. He was banded around when he during January. Yeah, and as far as I'm aware, we're still we're still interested, right? And I, I don't think he had that good a game, but I, I but I could see the potential he's got there, and I think it could be a case of like it is with Balassi. He needs to be playing in the right system to get the best out of him under the right manager, and I think Ian Holloway would get a lot more out of him than than Bristol City are. I really do. I think he's got bags of talent there, but he just needs. He needs the encouragement and the freedom to express himself. Yeah, I, I don't think he had a very good game when he played us, but I'm hesitant to to say, oh, he's rubbish, but, like, just from one game, because obviously you see that a lot with Wilf. You yeah, know, I mean, he doesn't have a great game. Lost, he? Yeah. Um, from, the start, from the starting lineup in their game against Middlesbrough, which they absolutely... No, sorry, I keep saying Middlesbrough. It was Barnsley. They hammered 5-3 in the end, it was, after a good comeback by Barnsley. Um, but he was dropped from the starting lineup in place of uh, Stephen Davis. Who was their top scorer anyway? But um, I did find that interesting because uh, maybe he just did have a really off day. Yeah. But whenever well, I've seen him play, I've been quite impressed by him. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, we get that a lot. Like when Wolf doesn't play a great game, you get all the opposite opposition fans saying, "Oh, he's rubbish." And when Murray doesn't score, you get all these people saying, "Oh, he's rubbish." But then obviously, in other games, he's going to play amazing. So we can't judge him on that one performance. We know he's got talent, but yeah, he didn't really show it against us. I don't. Think. Yeah, well, Alex, you've got a sort of a different idea of what we could do in terms of going forward um, once, you know, potentially yeah. 
It's just been banded around on Twitter, the potential of Jazz Richards. We saw his uh, how good he is attacking. We saw him going forward. We saw him score that goal, which was dubiously, dubiously cast offside against Bristol. He looks really good going forward. So maybe if, if we got an issue out wide on one of the wings and, and he can be pushed up, a few people on Twitter agree with me. Our very own Chris Hambling actually brought the point up. I, I just want to think, you know, what do you guys think? Could he potentially be, could he potentially be put further forward this season if need be? When well, if, back well, well, if Chris has said it, then it's absolute rubbish. <laughs> uh, the man knows nothing. No, you know, it is a good suggestion. It is, um, it's not one that personally I would like to go with. Because um, I, I, I think once you take a player out of that position, well, out of the wing-back position, he's going to find he's got a lot less space going forward. Yeah. But you look I, think at he's, I think he's very strong defensively. I think he's strong defensively. And, you know, he's played for Wales defensively and he's played for Swansea. Could you not argue that that Sheffield Wednesday goal, he could have got tighter to the, def- to the, the attacker? Sometimes he looks very lacklustre in that position. And the Watford, that Watford game, I, I'm not doubting that he's a good player, but I personally think Ward's a better defender. But I think Ashley Richards is someone we could put further up if need be. Yeah. I agree, he could have got tied to Leroy Lita, but what I will say is, looking at that goal, there was not really anyone else to mark in that box. So for me, the central defenders need to be taking control of whatever's going on in the air against the centre-forward in Leroy Lita. So I don't know how it, end- how it ended up with him marking Leroy Lita, but I don't think that should have been the case. I'm just, can I just disagree with the point that, that uh, Alex just made a minute ago about um, Ward being a better defender than Richards? I don't think that's the case to be honest because I don't think we've seen enough of Ward or Richards to, to gauge that properly and I think mm-hmm. Richards has done better in his first few games than Ward did in his and uh, obviously it's unfortunate that Ward's out with injury but I think Jazz Richards has come in and and uh, he's done brilliantly to be honest I think he's shown a lot of potential like he's, he's only 21 to be honest so I think you know he's what? got a, he, a lot of potential. He reminds me of Klein. That's why I, I think that's yeah, why I like yeah. him. He really reminds me of Klein. He's really, I don't think I don't think he's quite as good as Klein, but yet. But um, he's certainly very similar style of player. I think he's fairly reliable defensively, good going forward, and will link in well with the team that we've got at present. And particularly if he's got Balassi or Zaha in front of him, you know that's going to work all day. I think particularly with Balassi because he's more willing to get back and defend. Um, than maybe Wolf's allowed to be. I don't doubt that Wolf would want to, but I think he's told to stick up the pitch a lot more. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you, Ben. I don't think we've seen enough of either player yet to decide who's the better defender. I mean, Ward's not really had a solid run in the team without injury, has he? I think towards yeah, the end okay. of his run, though, he was he was one of our top players. When he got injured, most people were going, oh, God, what are we going to do? Yeah, no, I, I'll agree with that. I remember one game, I can't remember what game it was, I think it was the Ipswich game. He beat three men. He just ran down the wing completely. And uh, and the one th- your point you're alluding to about about our wingers, if I feel more safe having Ward defending our right wing with Wilf gone and and not coming back in defence, I feel more safe with Ward there than I would with Richards personally. Well, the, well, this actually adds into our, our other t- Twitter debate of the evening, which is you know, quite quite nicely, which was about who's going to be the left back. Who is going to be the right bag? We want to hear from you. So tweet in to Alex at Hull Radio on Twitter. And um, we're going to, when we come back to this, uh, the par Moxie debate, we want to have some of your opinions to read out on that. So, uh, yeah, lovely stuff, lads. So all in all, not a bad performance, but no- nothing on the Middlesbrough, yes? Yeah, agreed. It was always well, going to be hard to compete, wasn't it, with how well we played. We just wiped them off the floor completely. And I think 
you know what? Sometimes you've got to win scrappy. Um, we got three points. Never going to be easy trying to trying to perform how we did last game, but we came out with three points, so no complaints. That's a sign of a good team, I think, as well. Not having the best game, but still getting three points. We see it a lot from Cardiff, who you know Man nicked United. one nils or two one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, Cardiff again today nicked a little two one. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, you, what did you make of the substitutes quickly before we move on? This I've forgotten to cover this entirely. We had Kevin Phillips and Dobby who came on sixty minutes. Replacing Zahar and Williams, I mean, obviously we know now Zahar had, I mean, we knew before the game he had a dead leg, but he played on, took a knock to that, which is, I think, why he's come off. And so Dobby replaced Williams, and then Butterfield came on 78 minutes to replace the booked Yannick Balassi. Uh, what effect did you think they had on the game? Because personally, I thought we we dropped off a cliff at that point, to be honest. Yeah, what, what was Superkev doing? He didn't score. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it hit the bar, though. Yeah, true, true. No, yeah, Kevin Phillips always has an impact when he comes on. You just see the movement that he's got. He's got undoubted class. So, yeah, fantastic substitution. I don't think you can go wrong bringing Kevin Phillips onto the pitch, whether it's at half-time, 60th minute, 70th minute. He'll always do something. Um, it was a surprise when I saw Zaha go off. Though obviously, we now know that it was a knock, but with Balassi being booked, uh, I, I didn't, wasn't really sure why that had happened. And then Dobby, uh, if I move on to him... Um, yeah, very good substitution again. Dobby is another good player, and we saw that when he uh, when he scored a free kick just after coming on. So yeah, that was good. Butterfield, I'm not so sure about. I know Alex, you're not too keen on him. Um, <laughs> do you want to yeah, well, elaborate? Well, I, once had reaction, a, I once had a very long rant about Jacob Butterfield a few weeks ago, if you remember. But uh, look, no harm in bringing Kevin Phillips on ever, is it? You, you you feel stronger whenever he's on the pitch. You feel a lot stronger. And Murray doesn't seem so isolated, does he, when he's on the pitch? Yeah, I certainly think that he and you know he and uh, and Phillips work particularly well together. But Ian Holloway's been very praising in in Jacob Butterfield, and I don't know whether it's just he's not performing on you, you know in a in a match situation as he is in training. But everything Ian Holloway's saying that he's a very good player, and he must be if he's extended this contract. Well, there's something there, isn't there? Because Norwich bought him for a million pounds when he had a cruciate ligament injury, and to do that's a big risk. And but he's a fantastic player, and I know he is. But for me, he doesn't look like he cares enough. That's 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 all I've got to say. You know, my opinion won't change on him. Simply, he was played out of position. Yes, I agree. But did he did he look like he cared enough to me? Not really. He looked like he was here to get fit. Maybe he'll change. Maybe he'll maybe he'll you know he'll get put in the right position and and he'll work for it. But for me, it just didn't look like that. Well, it's I think one thing is you you run that risk with loan players, don't you? Yeah. Um, you know that they, they, they don't have to buy into the club. I know a lot of the time we all expect them to, but you can't. And he's come here, I think, expecting to be starting games, and he's not, and he's not going to, to be honest. With the way like we have got Dobby and Williams and KG and Jedinak, you know, all you know, playing for their lives at the moment, and they've all bought in. I know Dobby and and uh, Phillips. Are and Zaha are technically all loans, but they're not really, are they? They're you know, Dobby and and Phillips want I think extensions here for next season, and Zaha has been here since you know uh, since he was very young lad. So yeah, I think the big a- point was though that they're very different situations. Dobby's craving to play football. Butterfield, look, he's here to get fit, isn't he? Realistically, that's all he's here for. He's here to he's here to get fit, get back to Norwich and play some football there. Richards, he's here to prove a point to Swansea and prove that he's good enough. These players have got something to prove. Where I feel as if Butterfield, you know what? If I get fit, I'll get back to Norwich. I'll play some games. Just seems a bit too laid back for me. I don't it's know if that's the case me. though. 
I don't know if that's the case. He, he, you got to expect that if he comes here and he doesn't put in brilliant performances here, right? How's he going to walk into Norwich and displace their team, who's not done that badly, really? I don't think this season, you know, for what for what they've got. So no, I, th- no, I think he's got. I think he's got a lot to prove here. Well, it's difficult I think... though when you when you arrive at a club like Palace. He was he arrived when Dickatore was at the African Cup of Nations and he was starting mm-hmm. games. Now Dickatore has come back. And KG is, is going to go into that centre midfield position, so it's difficult for Butterfield. And he could be playing fantastically, and he might still not start. And that, he's only getting 10 minutes here, not 15 minutes there, and it's difficult for him to make an impact and become a better player when he's only getting 15 minutes. So it's, mm. it is tough for him. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't know what. We, we're going to have to see what goes on. Is there, do you know, if there's a possibility that we can extend his loan to the end of the season once this extension has finished? I don't know why. Why are we doing it month by month? I've not heard of anything, but maybe maybe that's. The, I think maybe in case Norwich Norwich pick up an injury or something, then maybe they will need him back. But I'm surprised they don't just put a recall on it and we don't loan him for. Maybe you can have a certain amount of long of long loans, can't you? So maybe that's our issue. We just have to keep doing it monthly. Well, if you uh, out there in Twitter land know the answer to that, then get in touch with Alex at Whole Radio. Okay, lads, we're going to move on to uh, to the news in brief next. So get ready. Latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Jacob Butterfield's loan from Norwich City has been extended through until Sunday the 17th of March, the day we face Brighton. Since the move from Carrow Road, the 22-year-old has made five appearances in the first month of his loan. The Football League Award nominations have been announced and Crystal Palace are nominated for our use of digital content on Palace Player. Elsewhere, Brighton are nominated for Family Club of the Year for encouraging fans of all clubs down to the Amex, whilst Adam Lee has been nominated for Player in the Community following his heart-wrenching apology for his elbow on the face of Mila Jedinak, which led to his eye socket ending up in his knee. Palace defender Jack Holland has joined Bromley FC on an emergency loan until the 19th of March. Reese Alassani had a storming game as Crystal Palace under-18s beat Manchester United under-18s 2-1. Reese nearly created the opening goal with a run of the length of the pitch before squaring it to Tiku, who dragged it wide. Reese later did open the scoring with a looping shot into the top corner from outside of the box, and later he took it round three United players before passing it to Jake Gray, who netted the winner. News in brief. Homestale Radio. On your computer. On your tablet. On your mobile. In your car. www.holradio.net Lovely stuff. Um, Okay, so we then travelled all victoriously up to Sheffield Wednesday. Now, last time I was there, Sheffield Wednesday, I left in a bit of a hurry. I think most of us did. Um, Unfortunately, none of us actually went to the game. So, uh, so you guys out there in Twitterland, your uh, your feedback is going to be vital for this. So, get your four word reviews into Alex at Whole Radio. Um, disappointing, Ben. Don't wouldn't you say? So, yeah. only way I can describe it in a one word review. Very much so. Yeah, it's it's so annoying as well. I was listening to it on the radio. Admittedly, we didn't start well, and that we seem to have that problem a few times this season where we can't turn it on for ninety minutes. We either don't have it at the start, we don't have it at the end, but. Yeah, it seemed like yesterday was was we didn't really play that well first half, and then we were all over them second half, and still managed to concede with ten minutes to go. And I, I really don't understand it. You look at the stats; we had more shots, we had more possession, more corners, more everything, and 
it's just so frustrating that we can come over with nothing really. I know, and it was uh, it was a sucker punch in the was the eighty first minute yeah. from the very experienced Leroy Lita, who I don't know always for me seems to do well against us. I don't know why I get that impression, but he does always seem to play well against us. And um, yeah, it was as we as we spoke about in the sort of Bristol review very briefly, it was it was poor marking really, wasn't it? In the box, you shouldn't be allowing Leroy Lita to be getting ahead of you and getting a, a header away from that range. You know, a lot of goals that we concede, there's always something we can say, oh, why are you backing off him so much? Why aren't you tighter to your man? There's not many goals that we concede where we go, yeah, fair play. We couldn't have done anything about that. We always seem to do something wrong to concede. And yeah, it, the, the the word is frustrating for that game, really. Leroy Lee is a good player, we know that. So why are you giving him that much space in the box when you know he can score? Yeah, I mean, it was just disappointing. You know, they, I mean, they've been on a pretty good run since bringing in Leiter and um, they brought in another player as well. Um, yeah, they're seven games unbeaten, so we can't take that away from them, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, but it's at the same time, you know, that, that's it, Connor Wickham, the other, the other lad they brought in, obviously on loan from Sunderland. But you've got to look at the table and look at where we are, and that was a really big defeat for us. Um and, and our automatic like promotion hopes, because now it's really thrown us right into the middle of the mix. Whereas I think we could have really made some ground up this weekend. If like you look at it, Hull were three nil down in eight minutes. That if that isn't a chance for us to go like storming up the league, then I don't know what is because that is unbelievable. We had such a chance. In a way, it's a let off that Hull lost because we could be even further away than we already are. Well, absolutely, yeah. and. Um, you know, I, th- I think I don't know what it is. We seem to play better against the better teams in this division. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Palace, and it's been it's always been this way with Palace, as far as I can remember. That we we do better against the better sides, and so when we go and play Bristol City, or we go and play uh, Sheffield Wednesday, we don't seem to do as well as we do when we like playing, you know, a decent Middlesbrough team or. You know, not even looking at the really big games like when we played Man United, but the teams around us we seem to do really well against. Mm. But just when 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 it comes to I don't know whether it's a complacency thing or whether I don't know maybe we are, yeah we might just be underestimating your position uh, or maybe they're raising their game to uh, to compete against Palace. But uh, certainly really disappointing, and it would have been nice to have uh, gone gone back to Hillsborough with some more happy memories after last time. Because I've got to say that that was about t- taking about three years off my life that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it shows how tight the league is, though. When you know, with results like that, any team can beat any team. It's it's ridiculous. You can't really look at league positions that much for to see who's going to win games. Yeah, it's, it's it's weird. But we dominated the possession. I mean, we had fifty eight percent of the possession in an away match. I mean, yeah, and that's that's, that's looking that's unbelievable. We we only had fifty one percent against Bristol City at home. So how yeah. we got fifty eight percent and we've beaten him in all stats, but we've not converted. I mean, the 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 big change was obviously the fact that Wilf was out. I mean, do you think that in itself was enough for us to lose this match? I mean, we've got to have more not. about us than that. I but, really hope yeah. it's not, yeah, because next season we're stuffed if it is Wilf not being there. I, I don't think it is to be honest. Like Wilf hasn't Wilf's had games where he hasn't played well and we've still won. It's not all about Wilf. I I hate being called a one-man team, and we're certainly not that. And I'd hate for well, people probably think it even more now that he's not played and we've lost. But um, yeah, I well, don't. That, I don't that think is the danger, it's a direct isn't it? correlation. Yeah, no, it is. I don't think it's a direct correlation though. Wilf not being there to us, not getting any points. I don't think we can say that. But do you, do you yeah. not think that maybe? See, I, I think in a way it is that Wilf wasn't there, but not necessarily because of what Wilf 
gives us in terms of his ability, but the balance that he and Balassi bring yeah, to the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. No, me, I agree with that. Uh, and then maybe I, well, I don't know. I don't know what you think, Alex, but I think the balance of having two really good wide men who really worry an opposition, right, have allowed Murray and then the likes of Williams and Dobby to really do their jobs in the centre. Yeah, I I completely agree. Even the fact that when Wilf's on the pitch, he's getting marked by two or three men. And, and when those two or three men are, are chucked back onto Glenn Murray, he's isolated and we rely on him too much and... And it's game over, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is really disappointing, but we do need to come up with an alternative plan and players need to, uh, you know, hold themselves accountable when, you know, when, when Wilf isn't there. Because as, as you said, Ben, Ben's, uh, Ben Wilf isn't going to be there next season. So we need to make sure that we've got more about us and have uh, replacements in place that can you know, at least maintain the shape of the team. I mean, Jason Banton, he's, he's still on loan, isn't he? Yeah. I think yeah. Down, down at Plymouth. And, um, yeah, see, he, for me, he would have maintained the shape of that side. Can I Can I just say a, a really good talking point for us is our, our reliance on Glenn Murray. When I feel when Murray doesn't score, who the heck in this team is going to score? We need to see more goals from Balassi. We need to see more from Wilf and even Johnny. And I think that's obviously why Dobby was brought in and why Phillips was brought in. But we had chances in that game and we didn't take them. And then we got punished. And someone said to me yesterday, you know what? Under Holloway, we don't defend. And I said, the fact of the matter is, we didn't take our chances. And then they got one shot and they scored. And then, and then that's the end of the game for us. It's just... You know, what's your what's your, what's your opinion on on the on our reliance? Well, I agree. We we are reliant on Glenn, right? But the team is set up around Glenn Murray. In my opinion, the team is set up around giving him every opportunity to score, right? And um, because of the form form he's in, but also just the natural qualities of our squad sort of allow us to play that way. We've got two very good wingers. We've got a guy who is very reliable in front of goal. So really, it writes itself. I mean, in, but in terms of the defending thing, I think that's more where it comes in. We, we we don't really defend. I mean, we do give it everything going forward. But And and it's drawn some uh, quite a lot of critics I've seen on Twitter and on the forums that, you know, maybe sometimes it would be better being a little tighter at the back. And um, maybe not pushing everyone forward all the time. Because, you know, what a nil-nil would have been better than the one-nil defeat we did get. Yeah, I and I agree. But I just still think if Murray doesn't score, who does? There's, I can't see anyone else. And that's obviously why Dobby's come in. I think we're missing Maritz. We need, we need more, more than one person to score. Because it's simple. Stop the service to Murray and they'll beat us. But then again, what I would counter that with is look at how many goal scorers we've had this season. You look at the likes of Ramage, KG, Jedinak scored, Delaney scored, Balassi scored. We've had Wilf scoring, uh, Williams has scored, Dobby scored, Phillips has scored. We've got goals in every department. Yeah, but you look at the closest goal scorer to Murray is on five goals. Yeah, I think the stats really back up that Murray scores all the goals. He's got 28 this season, the next is five, and... Peter Ramage is our joint third top goal scorer. That is not a good stat, to be honest. Well, I don't know, but I, I think that's well played to Ramage, to be yeah, honest. No, yeah, fair play, but he shouldn't be third top goal scorer when, you, when you've got so many people playing higher up in the pitch than he is. Yes, but it's about being, a lot of times about being in goal scoring positions, isn't it? 
And yeah, that, that's, yeah, what, no, that's what I would we, say. But, we, we, we have players up the pitch, like we have Zahar and Balassi up the pitch, but often they're, you know, they're, they're the getting, getting, getting paint on their boots, you know, hugging the, hugging the touchline to provide for Glenn Murray. You know, I reckon if we saw Zahar playing much more, like, in, a, say, a front two, he would get a lot more goals than he so, has this season. So what, we have to change the system to get more goals? Is that what you're saying? No, I think it's just we have to expect that when you play one up top in the way we play, that you have to expect that your goals are going to come from one source, whoever's playing in that position. The fact that Glenn Murray has scored that many goals is, is credit to him right, for, for sticking him away, but it's also a credit to the players around him for feeding him, giving him that service. And that, that's what I say, he's been allowed by the players around him to play his game this season. But do you think it's right that we rely on one player to score every single one of our goals? Because who who do we honestly who do we look to if he doesn't score? Well, I think I, I think I think personally, I feel we've got enough in the squad where if he doesn't score, we should have someone else there who can score a goal. I, th- I feel we've got that in the squad. I look at Williams and I look at Zahar and Balassi, and I look at Phillips and Dobby, and I th- I see goals there. I see lots of goals there. But, I mean, Phillips and WRC only just joined us. And, um, yeah, I think Zaha and Balassi, particularly Balassi, I would have expected him to have scored more than he has this season. I just want to say, so you look at the best teams and you say, oh, it's all about relying on our, our one up front. But you look at someone like Manu, Van Persie's got 23 goals. Then their second top goal scorers are 15 and 13. And that's why they're top of the league. And, unfortunately, that's why we're not. Yeah, but also look at the amount of money they're spending on players. That's what... Right, look look at Cardiff then. Fraser Campbell, Gestead, all all these players. They they've got goals in them. I'm just again, look, yeah, I'm just looking again, at Cardiff. Look at, look at the money. If you look at what they spent over the summer, right? It's bloody ridiculous, right? They bought goals. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. <laughs> Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They have the money to buy goals. We don't have the money to buy those goals, so we have had to develop a system right, by which we can maximise the amount of goals we can get out of our team. And I think we've done that really effectively. I really think we punched above our way this season. Oh, we have, and, and I wouldn't doubt that, but I'm just saying to, to give us the best chance of promotion, we can't rely on Murray to score every goal. What happens if Murray gets injured? What, what do we do? Why? Surely there needs to be more goals from ah, midfield. That's it. I think if Murray gets injured... Right, I think we've got uh, in Phillips or even in Wilbraham a player who can play in that position and still get the goals. I agree with that. I agree. If, I, if Murray I got injured, we'd I still think score it's right. about it's the way we play 
that allows Murray to score goals. If you look at the goals he's scoring, they're not crackers, right? They're a lot. A lot of them are tappings, right? So we've got a caller. We are, we're going to take a call live on the air from an unknown number. Let's see who we've got. Hi, uh, it's Jared. I called a couple of weeks ago. Hello, Jared. What's your, what's your point, mate? Um, well, I just wanted to make a quick comment on our away form. And, um, and quite frankly, I'm not going to point no punches. We need to pick up, otherwise, otherwise it's going to be playoffs, if, if even that. Otherwise, because... Um, so if you look at games like Sheffield Wednesday, it reminds me of uh, Burnley a little bit, where, where we played we played well for most of the match. I mean, I was listening to it too on the radio, and from from what I was hearing, I mean, it's based on commentator's opinion, I know, but um, I mean, we sound like we did dominate them for most of the match. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you think that our away form is going to lose us a place in the Premier League? Well. It depends, really, because um, if we do finish in the playoffs, which I think we will do, then I think that it, it all depends if we're home for the second leg because we need to finish third or fourth for that to happen. And, um, and if we can do that, and then we've got Sellers behind us for the second leg for the crucial match, then um, I think we've got a chance of getting to Wembley. And if we get to Wembley, I've got a feeling that we can win there. Mm, very fair point. Hi, Jared. I, I just wonder if you've been listening to the show and what and you've been listening to what we've been saying about our over reliance on Murray and and do you think we, that it should be more goals coming from midfield because surely we can't get promoted with one goal scorer. Well, I, I, I yeah, I agree. I agree massively. If Murray gets injured or suspended, I know I've been saying this for a long time, but should I don't mean to jinx it or attempt fate or anything, but should he get injured or suspended, then. We really are. We really are in 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 a lot of trouble. I mean, Maurice does occasionally um, provide those beatings at the moment, and um, I think he might be injured for a few more weeks as well as Bergen. I mean, they're the only two real midfielders who do who do contribute a fair amount of goals. I mean, luckily I can see a bit of Darren Ambrose in him. So um, if he, if he can provide a few more. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much for your call, Jared. We appreciate you getting in touch. Feel free to, to call up us again uh, any other week. But yeah, thank you for calling and, and cheers for coming on. Thank you, bye. Cheers, bye. Um, just to, to give us a... I think we're going to... Yeah, we've dropped him out of the call. Right, okay. Uh, just to give us a little update, we've lost John in the main presenter, so I'm going to take the range just for a couple of minutes while we try and get him back. But I think... Uh, Alex, got any more points to make about the the Sheffield Wednesday game that we've just lost? It's just the, the frustrating thing for me is that we're getting these chances and we're just not putting them away. The Balassi had a great chance to score, and once once Murray's marked, we we don't look to anyone else to put the ball in the back of their net other than Dobby. We've had one defensive mistake and that, and they've punished us. And unfortunately, that's what happens in this game. We've got to be strong enough that we could have had that game finished off before they scored that goal. Yeah, at the end of the day, though, if all, all all that result aside, you look at the table now. We're in fourth place. We've got a seven-point gap between us and seventh. We're we're well in the playoffs with a chance of getting up to the Premier League, and we couldn't have dreamt to be in a place like this uh, at the start of the season. 
No, no, I completely agree, and, and maybe it's me being selfish, but on our day, I truly believe we are the best team in this league. I truly believe when every single team is playing their best football, we are the best side, and I want to see us continue, and I want to see us get better, because I know we're good enough, and I know that people can score, and I know people can chip in, but we need to reach that potential every week, and one of the points I've got to say is Holloway wants to change us into this this possession side, this side that keeps the ball and but unfortunately sometimes you you've got to look at what we're best at and we're the best attacking side in the league and we're best at counter-attacking so why change it so quickly why not continue that even if it's just an away game just try it it, it works yeah no that's fair enough i think we'll bring john back in now we've got him back in the call so John's i'm back I, I i was rudely chucked out by a horrific gremlin who's been <laughs> humiliated and flogged and, uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for some kind of gremlin revolt, hopefully after the show. Uh, so there'll be no more of those kind of areas. Um, well, guys, I don't know what call I've just missed. But you know, we're going to go on to the main talking points for tonight, which was going to be uh, who do you think should be starting? Moxie, Pa. I'll let you, t- you two guys go at it. Ben, which camp are you in? I'm currently in the Moxie camp, to be honest. And I know that Why? Alex is not. I'm I'm in the Moxie camp because I think Parr's been given a chance. Um, he didn't play that well on Tuesday night. I don't think he played that well yesterday by all accounts. And I just think it's time to give Moxie a chance because he hasn't done anything wrong. It's just been a bit unfortunate that he hasn't been in there. By all accounts, he's been playing well in training. I think it's just time for a little change. I know you, you say don't change your winning formation, but after yesterday, it's not a winning formation anymore. We didn't we didn't win. So give Moxie a chance in there because we know he's good enough and we know he's a good enough player. I Alex. just want to say what a lovely position we're in that we're having this argument. Definitely, we can look yeah, at yeah, we I can agree. look at that side and look how strong we are. Look how strong we are in that midfield. We can pack out that midfield. This is such both players, both are good championship defenders. I think maybe Moxie's a bit better going forward. I think you look at Moxie's dis- distribution is far better. Sometimes I look at Parr and wonder what foot he actually is because he looks like he uses neither. But defensively wise, I think once Balassi's gone forward, and I think Balassi defends well, but I think what we're kind of vulnerable when he's gone forward and I feel a bit safer with Parr at left back. If I, I just bring up a point. I, I agree that Parr's a very good player and I think he's been given his chance, that's fine, but why is he immune to being dropped? Because you look at other players, like Butterfield had a bad game, he got dropped because a player was doing better than him in training and he got his chance. And now, you know, we've seen that happen time and time again this season when, you know, players don't play well, they get put on the bench and that's fair enough. And I think now Parr's had his chance and he's messed up a little bit and he can work. It's all about working for your place in training. If Parr wants to start, then he can start working hard and he can start playing well. But I think Moxie more than deserves a chance because we know he's been playing well. I think he will get his chance, and I think this this whole's going to be a big, big rotation system because we've got to because we can't afford not to. Because you look at sides like Cardiff, Hull, they can do that because they've spent the money and they've put themselves in a position that they can. And I, th- I truly think that Moxie will get his chance, and I think he'll take it. But I think both play both are good, solid championship players, and and Moxie will get his games, and Parr will get his games. I won't be surprised at the end of the season to see them on a similar amount of games. Yeah, no, I agree. Who would you start against Derby on Friday night? Uh, I think because it's Derby, I would go with Moxie. I think he's got a special hunger against them, like we saw a few years ago, and he scored that screamer against them. Could have had a hat-trick in that game. And I think we need to get in their face. They're nothing special. It's Pride Park on a Friday night. They're 
possibly one of the most boring sides I've seen. And I think they fear the top teams and we need to get at them and get in their faces. And if that means that playing our best attacking players like Moxie, then we do it. Yeah, John, what do you think about this? Well, I think you've got to look at it in two ways. For me, is current form. And I would say, okay, if I, I haven't seen that Pars played too badly I mean, against Bristol City. I didn't see the game at um, Hillsborough. But if the consensus is that he hasn't played particularly well, then we've got a brilliant replacement. In I, don't, I don't think he's played badly, but I just think he's been average. I don't think he's been as good as some of the other performers. I wouldn't say he's played really badly, but I'd just say he's been absolutely bog average. Like he, hasn't, mm. he hasn't performed well. But I would say, from what I've seen of both of them, the player that I rate most is Jonathan Parr. And I think he's just the more complete defender. I think he handles tricky wingers better. And his work rate, I'm not in any way criticising Dean Moxie's work rate because I think he gives everything. He's just one of those players who gives everything when he goes out there. But I just feel like Jonathan Parr has that little bit extra to give, that little bit extra quality. And um, you've got to remember that Jonathan Parr was our player of the season last year. Okay, it may may not have been one of our best seasons, but (laughs) he earned player of the year. And... uh, I think we need to not forget what the quality that Jonathan Parr has got and the ability to, most of the time, use both feet incredibly well. But for me, his defensive uh, capabilities are just slightly better than Dean's. But um, on current form, I thought Dean Moxie was actually doing quite well at left-back. So I was surprised to see him maybe come in, uh, see him get replaced by Jonathan Parr. I think it's it's a not well, not out of order. Obviously, I, I can't say what Ian always doing is out of order, but he's not even getting a chance from the bench. Like Johnny Parr came off on uh, on yeah yesterday, sorry, and you like you, you'd think maybe Moxie would come on or Moxie Moxie's come on before playing left wing, but he's not getting a chance anywhere, and I don't know why really because he's not injured. He's not got any any problems at all. He hasn't played badly, so I don't understand why he's not getting a well, chance at all. Yeah, but Parr came off on eighty eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right? And was replaced by Jacob Butterfield, who is a player we know that Ian Holloway rates, right, highly. So that doesn't surprise me. So we went to three at the back. Yeah. You know, with Jedinak probably filling in somewhere in there to try and make it a four at times. But, um, but if we look no, at so it... I, 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 I would have been surprised to see Moxie come on for par because I'd have said, you know what, just bomb par up the pitch a bit more. You know, well, uh, 88 minutes. But I, I, do, I do hear what you're saying. Uh, he's not, it's, not, it's not been out of order, but he's not been given an opportunity of late. Yeah, I've no, got some I'd tweets for you, uh, some tweets about the argument. Most people are actually going for par, which uh, I was actually a little it's bit surprised surprising. about. I, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> um, George Webber believes par for him, thinks he's a better defensively than Moxie, and equally as good going forward. Steve Ives thinks par for him only at left-back, though. He, when he was at right-back, he was very predictable as he cut in on his right uh, ben Garrett says par in on form, but over the last two games, Moxie has to be put in there. Hmm. That's that, oh, that's the point. I agree with that last one. That fair yeah. enough, par might be a better player, but on performances, <laughs> Moxie deserves a chance. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think anyone can deny that. Um, but on, I will say on the right back thing, I don't think it's a position Jonathan Par particularly enjoys playing. But I think when called upon. He can. I don't know. I really liked him at right back. He, I know he plays there for Norway. Really? Uh, yeah, he plays. He plays there for Norway, and I thought he was actually really, really good because you actually watch him. He's a very, very odd defender. Watch him closely when he's defending at left back. 
he tackles right footed and when he's at left back he tackles uh, no when he tackles at right back he tackles left footed and the other way uh, when he's playing at, at uh, left back so it's very surprising it's very very different to usual yeah i mean i, I don't know i'm i'm happy at seeing left back i've got to be honest. i don't think him playing right back's an option either when you've got players like ward and richards there it's not now, anyway. but it was at the time, wasn't yeah. it? No, yeah, 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 when yeah. we were struggling for a, a right back. But, I mean, the other player we've got to look at is, um, just quickly tying up this uh, left-back debate, is um, Matt, young Matt Parsons. Because, uh, for, for me, I think he could well go on to be the best of the three. Really? Uh, I, re- I really rate Matt Parsons really highly. I think he's got everything. He's really good going forward. He's not afraid to go forward. He's not afraid to go move into the box and shoot. But I think he's very good defensively, and yeah, I, I, think, I think I think he's got everything necessary to be a real success at Palace at left back. I think he's very. What about now? Do you think he's ready now? Um, yeah, I think. Well, I don't. I don't think he's better than what we've got right now, right at this at this moment. But I think he's got. I think he's got more potential. So I would be tempted to try and get him in and around the squad a lot more than we are doing. Because yeah. all the time we're not getting him game time or we're not getting him around the first team, he's losing that, for me, he's losing that potential or time yeah. to fulfil that potential. So I agree in and around the squad. I don't think he should be starting. Obviously, he went on loan to Wickham and they didn't give him enough games, which I think was, was poor from Wickham. We've seen a lot of him in the under-21s. We've seen him perform brilliantly. Like uh, We've seen him make some ridiculous runs forward where he scores a screamer from the edge of the area we know he's got talent he's brilliant going forward he's exactly what we need but we need to hone that talent a bit and we need to get him in and around the squad like you just said and then maybe uh, in a year or two years maybe he'll be there I've got a really good tweet actually and guys from redandbluearmy.co.uk make sure you follow them they're really good uh, they said that Moxie's got four assists in 16 starts and Parr has three assists in 29 which to us suggests that Moxie is superior going forward Oh, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a very good stat. But what I would say again is that Parr's played a few games, I don't know how many, at right back. Mm. And I don't think he's going to be as... He, he's not as effective at right back for me. And uh, his predominant foot is his left foot. So, Would you think, argue, though, that um, Parr, Moxie's distribution is better than Parr's, sort of his crossing? Um, I would say they're, they're, they're both very capable. They both can put in a really decent ball. I mean, I think I think Moxie edges it slightly going forward. I think Parr edges it slightly, you know, in defensive capability. And for me, the bread and butter of a left-back is defensive. That's mm. why I would just err uh, on the side of Parr. I just think it's so fantastic that we were having to have this argument. That oh, yeah, we've got two, two potentially three... Really, really good players in that. Quality in that. left backs, yeah. I mean, but that's what you want in a decent side. You want two players vying for every position. And we don't quite have that, but we we're getting there. And um, and that's shown why we've had such an improvement this season. The strength in depth has been something that's been really well addressed by uh, Ian Holloway. Right, so well, that concludes uh, the, uh, the the left back debate. And finally, we're going to have a look at the potential for the end of this season, which is. Uh, something we're all slightly nervous about. I mean, guys, do you think we've got enough to get uh, automatic promotion? I personally do. You heard me say I think we're the best best side in the league on our day. and I think, I think we've got players with bottle, you know? I think we've got players that have been there and they've been around it. Moxie, Dobby, Phillips. These guys know what it's like. They've played in the Championship a long time where you look at someone like Watford 
where they don't know it, there are lots of their Italian players and and how likewise with their Egyptian players. And I just think we're we're still, you know, we're only four points off with what ten, thirteen games to go, something like that. And I still think we can get automatic promotion. I f- and I think the it's playoffs. Not very, can we? But do you think we will? <sighs> you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, and I I think we'll get automatic. Pro- I think we will finish second. Oh, I, I disagree. I disagree statement. completely. Ben, what do you reckon? I don't think we've got it in us to get automatic promotion. Not necessarily because of our performances, but because of the performances of the teams around us. Like Cardiff and Watford, I think, have, have sewn up that. If they carry on the way they're playing, I think they've sewn up those top two places. Cardiff, although they've bottled it in the past few seasons, I think they've got too much of a lead with a game in hand to, to lose out on that top spot. And I think Watford, with all their Udinese players, I think are too strong to, to finish any lower than second. <laughs> Hull have dropped out. I think the the standings there at the moment might be pretty similar to how they finish at the end of the season. I know there's a long way to go, and we've got 12 or so games to go. But yeah, I think we'll we'll definitely make playoffs, no doubt about that. But I think automatic might be just beyond our capabilities. I I really hope you're wrong that Watford get that automatic spot. Because, I hope I'm uh, wrong as well because of the way they've earned it. I mean, all this stuff with the loans and this and yeah, but I think it'd be real kicking the teeth to some of the clubs who've. Uh, Okay, they might have spent money, but um, you know they've not really just sort of found something that's got to be looked at. System. Holloway is, hit nail on the head that, in his interview. It will be looked at, but you know I think it would be a real shame. Um, you know, if if they went up, I I don't think we're going to go up automatic. But what I can see, and in my little crystal ball the other week, I was looking at the uh, the league table, and I saw the potential of a uh, a, a Palace Brighton. Playoff final. It's written, isn't it? It's absolutely written. Barney, you've joined, you've joined us on the phones. Hello? Barney? This is awkward. Barney? This is, this is an <laughs> awkward silence. Okay, well, we're going to ignore you. Um, Alex, what do you think about the potential of a Brighton Palace playoff final? Uh, I would be very scared. Not not because of their fans now. That's pathetic. No, the, <laughs> the oh, it's just it's a scary thought that we'd have to uh, we'd have to face our bitter rivals. Because for me, it'd be written in the stars that the only time they can beat us is when it really matters. But you know, I'd yeah, I would I'd be very fearful about that. But imagine that at Wembley, that would be insane, wouldn't it? I know. Barney, you finally joined us. Welcome. Oh, for God's sake, Barney. Poor, very poor Barney. Okay, I'm I'm booting Barney. Well, that's it. Barney Barney out. Uh well for me personally that it would be the best and the worst thing in the world. What that for me the the biggest game of tension I've ever experienced was that game up at Hillsborough. No, not Saturday. But um you know, back in the uh, in twenty ten that was the uh the pinnacle of uh, of tension for me. But uh, this, I think that would be worse. The the fear of literally not just everything or nothing, but everything or nothing against your biggest rival. Mm. That that is a horrific thought, which um, you know basically means it's definitely going to happen. So, but having said that, it, it could be the greatest victory in our history if we if we manage to get to a playoff final and beat and beat Brighton to to go up. That that would be amazing. Ben, how, how would you how how would you view that? 
Um, yeah, I think it would be the biggest, biggest result ever potentially. <laughs> like, you you can't even say how big a game that is. Like, it is the as big as they come for Palace. Like, you can't beat playing Brighton in the playoff final. Like, Millwall, Charlton, no, it's Brighton. Brighton is the one for me. Um, and it'd be unbelievable to to beat them. But I don't think my heart could take it to be honest. Yeah, Alex, have we got anything um, from from uh, well? Twitter world about this potential. We don't, but how would you like some predictions for the Sheffield Wednesday game? Yes, I, love- I, pre- I predict one nil to Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, I predict one nil Sheffield Wednesday. Lee will lead to eighty first minute. <laughs> oh, have we got any predictions for the uh, the Derby game? No, I actually meant forward reviews. God, I'm having a mare, aren't I? <laughs> yep. Do you want forward <laughs> reviews? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Should have tried okay. harder. Maybe, maybe. Uh, here we got Dean Manns who says bubbly pitch, slobby passing. Tommy Herbert says didn't take our chances. Jay says on to the next one. Tommy Johnstone, another poor away day. The Eagles beak, poor first half hurts. Uh, Brad Cab, away record is hindering us. And Luke Oxlade, better memories last time. Any memories last time is uh, is quite impressive because uh, yeah, bad times. Uh, ben, you said you uh, you got some info. Yeah, just on the Derby game, just before we... I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about Sheffield Wednesday or whether we're ready to move on to the Derby preview, but I've yeah, got a little bit of information. Let's have a, let's have a quick chat about Derby. Okay. Obviously, we're going up there on, on Friday night to play them. They're 11th in the league, but they're pretty much bog average, like I said earlier. They're eight points off the playoff, nine points off relegation. You couldn't really be any more in the middle. Uh, they lost 2-1 to Watford on Saturday, unsurprisingly... Two goals from their Udinese loan players, Ekstrand and Pesky Vidra. Uh, it might be worth noting, though, that they did have 56% possession against the Hornets. So, that you know, they weren't like outplayed. They had more possession, like we did against Sheffield Wednesday. Their top scorer is Jamie Ward. He's got 11 goals. Um, he scored Derby's goal from the penalty spot on Saturday. And the next top scorer is Theo Robinson. But he's not there anymore. He's just gone on emergency loan to Huddersfield. But he's got nine for them this season. And then Connor Salmon's just below them on seven. Uh, it's been five. Le- salmon. Yeah. Sorry, dire player. Yeah, Karen. <laughs> they got. Uh, it's been five league games since they last won. Um, they lost two one to Watford, as we just mentioned before that. They drew with Bolton Wolves and Sheffield Wednesday, and as well as losing to Hull in there. Their last win was against Huddersfield. They're beating three 0 on February the second, but they've only won twice in two thousand and thirteen. So we really should be beating them, I think. Yeah, well, certainly, as I say, we 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 should be beating them, but. Do you think this could be another one of those cases where we're going to underestimate the opposition, or you know, because they're not particularly high flying, we're not going to have a, such, such, well, such a good? Uh, you'd think losing to Sheffield Wednesday might be a bit of a kick up the kick up the bum, and we'd and we'd turn Derby over with relative ease on Friday night. But like I said, we're not travelling well at the moment, are we? No, That's no, not problem. at all. Away form it could be our downfall massively. That would be too straightforward for Palace, Ben. Unfortunately. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Barney, have you uh, finally joined? I've given Barney one final chance here. I think I am. Can you hear me, boys? Yeah. Barney! Whee! That's, a, that was, that's brilliant. The sense of achievement is just overwhelming. I don't know what to say now. This is, ra- this is radio gold right here. <laughs> How are you, boys? All right? Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're struggling on through. Uh, I've, I've humiliated some gremlins during the show. It's all good. But um, oh, what, what do you reckon about us going up to Derby? It's going to be an interesting game. Obviously, didn't fare too well um, yesterday. Um, 
uh, if it's anything to go with performance midweek, um, whether it's, you know, we, again, didn't really feel we came out of the blocks, but we've got to start, we've really got to start, you know, getting some points on the board now. It's really disappointing that we dropped points yesterday and, you know, Derby, not a bad team, strong at home, I guess, but we, we really need to go there and just go all out for 90 minutes and be a bit of a do or die attitude, in my opinion. I mean, personally, I really hope Wolf's back just to provide that balance for the side. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's certainly one that, again, we should look at. Should win, probably won't win. But uh, we, we do need to sort of turn around this away form if we want to keep in the playoff, uh, playoff places. No, um, quickly, what, what's your opinion on this, uh, the potential, the Palace Brighton uh, playoff final? Oh, I don't even want to go there at the moment. I, I mean, I think. I don't know. It is. It's going to be grim if if it it gets to that. But wouldn't it be great if we did them in the playoffs? Wouldn't it be fantastic? I think that would be a real sense of achievement. If we um, did right in the playoffs. Yeah. It's, I think. I but the thing is, we could do. That's the thing. I, I wouldn't. We we would be going there as the strongest team, which I don't know is a good thing or not. Um, they would be the underdogs. I think. Um, no, they, got, I, they got Will Buckley. He's the best player in the world. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, maybe they're part of the world, but um, certainly not the rest. Um, I'd, 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 it'd be great if we could if we could do them uh, in the playoff. If we could do them in the playoffs, and I think that would just add a little bit of um, that. Would just add a, a, a certainly a, a nice. Uh, if we did go up, and if it was against them, I think that would be the icing on the cake, as it were. Wonderful stuff. Can I get a prediction from you for the uh, for the for the derby game? <laughs> Um, I think we'll. I think we'll nip it. Oh, I think we will. I, th- um, I think it'll be possibly one nil. Will that? Would we'll, we'll nip it? I think I've got to go. I've got to go with it. Got to go with it. Got to go. Got to go with a win. Um, I think Murray. I think Dobby might even get one. Oh, Dobby, big call. I think he might do. I think the way. Oh, I just just to make a final comment on uh, on just on the last week's games when he was playing when the Bristol City game. The amount of passion he had for the club, it seemed, was just absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to call for Dobby to to get the winner for us. Big call, but I'm going to go for it. Brilliant, Alex. What's your prediction on the uh, the derby game? Uh, I think it'll be one all. Tough, tough place to go. Um, I just can't see us winning, and I can see us conceding. Unfortunately, sounds negative, but anyway. <laughs> Personally, I'm going to go for a three-one win. I think I think Wilf is going to uh, come back, and he's going to be fully rested. And he's going to be ready to ready to go, and he's going to grab us two goals, one for Murray, and uh, Phillips is going to hit the bar six times when he comes on. But uh, Alex, have you got any uh, predictions from our lovely Twitter followers? Got bundles of them, John. Barbara Paul thinks two nil. Big Rick's gone for a one all. Warren Dawkins has gone for two one. Vanessa's gone for two one. Ben Wilkins has gone five one to Palace with a Murray hat trick. Uh, Stuart, yeah, Stuart Linehan's gone three nil. George Webber's gone four nil. Dave's gone two nil. Robbo's gone one nil. Daniel Stone two one. Lee Ward two one. Eagles beak two all. Whole James Newlands two one to us. That's it, really. So again, we're very much expecting to pick up three points in. No, <laughs> if if any of the players or staff are listening, no, no pressure, lads. But we we're all expecting three points coming back from Pride Park. I think we should wheel out Paddy McCarthy. I mean, I remember his goal at Pride Park, absolute stonker. Uh, was that about forty yards or something a few seasons <laughs> ago? 
It's rather insane. It was it was ridiculous, and um, and yeah, Dean Moxley he should start because he scored that one from about thirty five yards I think against him before. So um, yeah, if, if they both played, then that's that's two goals already. <laughs> so, well, wonderful stuff. Anyway, thank you uh, to all you guys out in Twitter land for getting us your predictions and your forward reviews on everything. Um, I think we've got uh, we got we got a message for a quick discussion there. Yeah, we got one last one. Uh, Jeff Thomas on the whole thread. I don't think it's actually him. Uh, <laughs> says, uh, it seems everyone is amused that we can make the top two positions, but are we that good? Do we want to go up really? And what would happen if we went up? Well, we'd get, we'd get a massive sack full of money. That'd yes. That'd be nice. We'd probably, Look, probably get a couple of new stands as well. The interesting bit is, do we really want to go up? <laughs> uh, do you? Of course I do. Well, that's, course, what play, that's what football's playing playing football's all about competing and being successful and I and want us is, to be the best possible yeah I think you know what like a lot of people say oh you're going to go up and get hammered every week right yeah, but that's what as you say football's about the dream it's about the dream of going up there getting enough to stay up and building like a team like Stoke has or even a team like Wigan has I mean it's never boring being a Wigan fan even if you do get you dry humped about eight nil by Tottenham or whatever it is every season, <laughs> but um, you've got to have the ambition, haven't you? If you don't, if you don't want to go up, what are you playing for, Barney? What do you think? Yeah, we've got to go for it, you know. And um, I don't think anybody would really, you know, championships are great. Um, it's a great league, don't get me wrong, but you know, we've got to aim for the Premiership, and it's the bigger picture, isn't it? The football, I think, is for me is actually the the small part of all of this it's what it can actually do for the club as a whole I think for a long time now we've needed significant investment in our stadium I think the Homestale stand is fantastic but you know the weight stand and the and uh, the main stand is, is just you know falling apart and I think any excuse to to pull them up to a good standard and really put the club on the map a little bit you know get 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 South Londoners and, and whatnot actually back to supporting Crystal Palace and not, you know, trying to trance up the road to, to Chelsea or Fulham or Arsenal or something like that. You know, we want to we want to build a fan base down there, I think. Well, particularly as we are playing the football now, that, you know, that we... Yeah. The football yeah. deserves a decent... Of course it does. Yeah, and I have to admit, I have noticed in the last couple of months, you know, there was a good attendance, um, certainly at Sellers Park on Tuesday night. Great, great attendance, 16,000. Absolutely. Like, and I think there was... You know, there was very minimal City fans. Well, from what I saw, anyway, it was probably about. I th- I could probably I reckon it's about a hundred to hundred and fifty. Not a lot. Um, it was. It wasn't great from them. But sixteenth out, and it was the first time that I'd seen the the Croydon stand absolutely buzzing. I thought fantastic. I used to when I you know last season I used to go there, and no one really would sit in that stand. But I, it's fantastic and. Yeah, we've got to we've got to push for the big we've got to push for the big leagues, and you know what? Let's whether we'll get there and they they shut up shop and they they play the Wigan and, and Swansea, you know, sort of way. But hey, look what happens to Swansea today? It's obviously paying off, paying dividends for them. But we need a Premiership club, I think, and that's I think that's where we want to be. Even if we even if we yo-yo for a couple of seasons, you know what? That ain't such a bad thing. Get a couple of young players down here, learn their trade at Palace. Why not? That's what we're good at. That's what Palace are good at is is bringing is 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 developing young players, and we need to become one of the best at doing that once again. Oh, absolutely! I think to be honest, I think we are one of the best at doing that. I think that we just need now we've got a, a management structure in place that's going to keep hold of them for some period of time. Um, that you know we'll be able to actually maybe you know, get the fruits from the, all this hard work that the academy does. 
Yeah, of so, course. Um, of course. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, we, we we might get spanked every other week by it's so Man what? United. So what? But you know what? I say that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah. I, d- I dream of getting <laughs> getting spanked by Man United up at Old Trafford, you know, on a but you know what? I think season a lot, by season basis. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I think you know, of, it's about having the team to watch, isn't it? No, I think a lot of clubs would find it hard coming to Sellers Park to be honest with you. You know, I can imagine Mancini or Ferguson. Well, Ferguson, I think, could deal with it. Imagine Mancini in the dugout at Sellers Park. I just, oh, I just, be brilliant. I, I don't think I, I can't, I can't imagine Tevez like wanting to play in front of the Homesdale. I think it will really rock their boat. A lot of Premiership clubs. I don't think they'll have a, you know, if you take Arsenal and Man City, they're all used to playing in these sort of sixty-eight thousand seater arenas with carpet pitches. And I tell you what, Sellers Park. You know, with all due respect, possibly in the in the in the winter months is not the best. Um, I mean, it proves on Tuesday night when Speroni was dealing with a couple of bobbles in the pitch. Um, it's not going to be as nice for them if if we do get up there. Certainly, no, it, it could be worse. It could be the the Blackpool pitch, which is absolutely <laughs> the beat. Yeah, that is. Oh, mate, I saw that on uh, on the highlights. What a shocking pitch that is. Honestly, I thought they were just playing in someone's field. No. No. I think our pitch is great, just in case there's any Crystal Palace ground staff listening in. I think it's a fantastic pitch, don't get me wrong. But yeah, certainly seeing Mancini sort of uh, taking his side into the into our dressing rooms would be yeah, quite something to behold. Alex Ferguson giving a hairdryer. The walls are so thin that you, the whole stand would be able yeah. to hear it. Exactly, we'd all see it. Great. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> well, well, unfortunately, we did, we did lose Ben um, d- d- during that segment alex is there anything else you want to bring up from the uh, the online forums or twitter no just just the argument still going on about do we want promotion of course we want promotion tony johnson says yes why would we want to go up madness to suggest otherwise it's the big prize isn't it that's why why would i ever su- support something and get behind something so much if i didn't want it to achieve i dream of going to going to Old Trafford away and, and Tottenham away and this is this is where we want to be we want to be hitting the big time of course I want to be successful everyone wants to be successful regardless of what it is absolutely I mean you can never support mediocrity and have the you know desire to stay at mediocrity I think once you do that you've really lost your passion for what it is you're doing so um, on that note I'd like to thank you guys and thank Mikey who's uh, done some wonderful producing in the background when we've made it very difficult for him this evening Barney who's joined us late Alex Ben who's somewhere in in the uh, well the ether I think he's dealing with that gremlin revolution that I started <laughs> earlier. But uh, thank you guys for all your uh, tweets and everything into Alex. It's really made the show what it is. And to our caller, our mystery caller, who I have no idea who it was. Cause, Jared. Uh, oh, Jared, brilliant. Thank you, Jared, for your call. Because as I say, without you guys, we don't have a show. So join us again next Sunday, and we'll be live from 8 o'clock. Tonight on Homestale Radio, Ben Nagel. And producer Mikey. But firstly, your host for tonight, John Burgess. Homestale Radio. On your computer. On your tablet. On your mobile. In your car. www.holradio.net. It's the 90th minute.
all your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.